Fan Friday here on Locked on Cardinals, doing it live, um, you know, because I wanted to. A lot of question marks on the defense still. I'm going to discuss two specific entities on the defense, and one should be talked about a lot more than it has been this offseason. Alex Lindsay, Locked on Cardinals. Let's go. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clanty here. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Once again, I am your host. Um, you know. Just doing it. I took a couple days off earlier this week. Um, just wanted to recharge the batteries a little bit. And uh, we're still overflown with things to talk about. You know, it's there. We're getting inch, we're inching closer and closer. Like mid July is going to be here before you know it. And the Cardinals still have a lot of question marks. It is a fan Friday. Um, I'm going to take one topic that. Uh, Jared put together. Um, it, it's been it's been discussed a little bit this offseason, but I'll go more in depth into it regarding the growth of Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. I think it's paramount this season because if you look at the Arizona Cardinals depth chart, they're absolutely needed to take that step forward and level up as the second level of this defensive um, this defensive team led by Vance Joseph. Um, there's something that hasn't been talked about nearly enough. And there's something that hasn't been really addressed with clarity as to the void that's now left by a player who chose to sign elsewhere. And there are two stats in the NFL that are overblown more than most. Quarterback wins and sacks by pass rushers and interior defensive line. Sack numbers are wildly overweighted wildly and obviously getting to the quarterback 15 18 20 times it's all pro level stuff but that shouldn't be the moniker for how much money this person should be paid how missed this person will be i'll be talking about that in the second segment i'll be taking your questions in the third segment as i do on every fan friday isaiah simmons and zaman collins need to step up there's two different schools of thought that we've seen so far uh, with Van Joseph at the helm running the defense, drafting Isaiah Simmons in 2020, and then Zayvon Collins in 2021, going back and forth of, is Vance Joseph elevating these guys enough? Or is he just not playing rookies? Is that why they're not seeing the field? And then the other side is, they ain't ready. That's why they're not getting snaps. That's why Jordan Hicks ended up starting, even though Steve Keim in the true Steve Kimeness quoted, touted his first round pick, Zayvon Collins, to be the starter four months before the season started. And then look, a rookie's not ready to start in the middle of a defense. So Jordan Hicks stepped in and did what Jordan Hicks did, even though he took a step. You know, he's, he's lost a step, but Jordan Hicks still is going to be severely missed in the linebacker room for the Arizona Cardinals. So the two schools of thought were, is Vance Joseph just not giving these guys a shot? 
And you could take it that way. I don't think that's it. I think neither Isaiah Simmons, his rookie year, or Zayvon Collins, his rookie year, were ready to play at an NFL level. Neither of them had really played extensive snaps in, in, inside linebacker position. So what Steve Kime did was drafted two guys, put them next to each other, like, hey, this has never happened in the history of the NFL. Two guys that look like you playing in, inside linebacker together. Let's give it a shot. So it's going to take a little bit of time to mold this, but the time is up. And it's not Zayvon Collins' fault. It's not Isaiah Simmons' fault. What we're looking at right now is those two guys as starting interior inside linebackers for a team that desperately needs production from the linebacking room. You've got Dennis Gardeck and Marcus Golden as your outside linebackers is currently constructed. You tell me. You tell me. And the thing is, like, and we're going to find this out about the Georgia linebackers that came out because the, the front uh, the front of the Georgia Bulldogs last year was something we haven't seen in a long time. Now, is Devontae Wyatt the reason why the linebackers were such ballers? Is Jordan Davis the reason why the linebackers from Georgia were such ballers that they were able to uh, make gaping holes for these guys just to run through and get you know uh, unabated to the quarterback? We don't know. The front for the Cardinals isn't top-notch. It's not. So, Lucky Foto and Rashad Lawrence are going to be interchangeable at the nose tackle position. You have J.J. Watt and Zach Allen on, on alternate sides. We'll see what happens with Cam Thomas, if they're going to push him to more of a pass rusher role, if he's going to play traditional defensive end. Uh, there have been conversations about both. But what we do know right now is this defense is super young at very important positions. And every position is very important in the NFL. I get it. Marco Wilson, second year, CB2. We'll see. Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, inside linebacker position. We'll see. And then you have, you know, it's just, there's not a lot of wiggle room. There's not a player on the defense, aside from Buda Baker and probably Jalen Thompson, who's a set it and forget player. I talked about this earlier in the week. They have $11 million in cap space. I would go sign Jason Pierre-Paul to too much money. Just do it because you know, set and forget. Even though I think he's 33, set and forget. You don't have to worry about him at all. That's one of 11 positions on the defensive side of the ball that you ain't got to worry about. And the Cardinals only have one and a half, one and three quarters, I guess, in the safety room with Buda Baker and 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 Jalen Thompson. I don't. Are there any other positions on defense where you look, you're like, nope, that's taken care of. Remember, just because you can name people on the roster and because they're playing the position doesn't mean that they're going to put the output that's necessary to keep this defense a top 12 defense. And the offense will carry some of the weight this year. So this isn't, you know, an original story where the defense isn't as good as the offense. That's kind of what we're going towards here in the NFL to begin with. Offensive heavy, big contracts for wide receivers now. But regarding Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, this isn't a let's hope, this is a they better, or this defense is going to take a huge step back. Chandler Jones is no longer an Arizona Cardinal. This is something that is not being discussed enough. There is a gaping hole in the pass rush 
and I'm going to defend Chandler Jones last three years of production and kind of relay that to where the Cardinals are now in the pass rush. And it's not as close as people think, in my opinion. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well that I'm doing live stuff on right now. Um, Chandler Jones under spotlight next. First, betonline.net. Okay. Uh, first of all, BetOnline has been with us for a long time. They're, they continue to be your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's uh, basketball championship like NBA Finals is nuts. The NBA hockey playoffs are nuts. Major League Baseball, like I wish Major League Baseball, I say this from time to time, was my favorite sport because you could watch your favorite team 162 times in six months. And betonline.net has you covered for all of them. There's a horse race. I think it's the Belmont this weekend. They've got you covered there, betonline.net. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Go to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Second segment here, Locked on Cardinals, doing it live on Friday. Uh, why the hell not? You know, that's my motto. Why the hell not? Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Thank you to everybody who makes Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Um, means a lot. It does. It means a whole bunch of a lot. <laughs> uh, we do have a favor to ask. Uh, we're doing this survey, listener survey. We want to know what you like, what you don't like about your favorite Locked on podcast. And it's... It means a lot to me and to the platform because it's like, you know, we're here to kind of cater to what, what you'd like to hear. I mean, yeah, I'm going to be negative sometimes. I'm going to call Steve Kime out when I think he's not doing a good job. Again, just as a disclaimer, I have to do once every couple of weeks. These are never personal attacks on these people. It's the avatar of the GM of the Arizona Cardinals and so on and so forth. Okay. But go to Lockdown Podcast slash survey right now to get started. I won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. Um, to take our audience survey, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your help. So Chandler Jones is no longer an Arizona Cardinal. Okay. And I understand that he's not. 2017 or 2018, 2016 Chandler Jones. I know that. And I know in 2020 he had he had he had the injury that that uh, against the Jets that had him out for the rest of the year and the pass rush improved. Okay, I I understand. Was watching the games, totally get it, totally understand that side of the argument. I understand that he didn't have a big sack total last year. He had the monster game against Tennessee with two strip sacks. I think he had five and a half sacks, something like that. And then, you know, he falls off or disappears. I understand that argument. It's a rational argument. I get it. I understand. Also, the issue I have with it is it's glossed over that maybe opposing offenses scheme for Chandler Jones. Maybe they, they have a tight end that chips on his side where he's lining up. Maybe they have him double teamed. You know, like it's Aaron Donald is not human. What he does when scheme double team, triple teams, he's not human. Okay. Comparing, I know that they play little different positions. Aaron Donald plays his own position, does whatever the hell he wants. 
Chandler Jones has been a very solid pass rusher for the Arizona Cardinals for a long time. And this isn't about, oh, they should have re-signed him. Uh, in hindsight, yeah, they probably should have with, with the lack of moves they made on defense. It was a lot of money, and I know Oakland's going to be a good spot for him. Him and Max Crosby are going to absolutely ball out. This is about the Arizona Cardinals pass rush without Chandler Jones. So, yeah, you can say that he had five and a half against Tennessee and then kind of takes a few games off. Every time a star player gets bottled up by opposing offenses, that makes every other person on the defense's job just a little bit easier. The name recognition of Chandler Jones. Opposing teams have... We're seeing this with J.J. Watt. What do you think the majority of J.J. Watt's impact on this defense is going to be? Stopping the run and having other teams have to account for him. You have the more players that you have on a defense that opposing offenses have to scheme around and account for benefits the defense. Even if a lot of it is in name recognition alone, because, you know, J.J. Watt still, I mean, look at him in, in, in camp footage that you see. He's still spry, man, but he's not all pro J.J. Watt that he was five or six years ago, okay? Yet, teams still have to account. Jason Pierre-Paul is 33. Teams still have to account for him, okay? This isn't a Terrell, Terrell Sugg situation where Chandler Jones completely fell off and then... You know, then they cut him and then he goes and wins the Super Bowl with kids. That, that's not what this is. What this is, is now, not only did they lose Chandler Jones, and sure, his year last year wasn't as great as the years past, numbers-wise, but sack numbers are completely overblown when a star player doesn't have double-digit ones in a season. Let me put it this way. How many snaps is a pass rusher on the field? Say an opposing offense, just as a round number, runs 50 plays, offensive plays a game. Okay, 50 offensive plays a game. Times 17, that's 850 plays. See what I did there? 850 plays offensively a year. Say Chandler Jones was on the field for 95% of those plays. Okay. The best pass rushers only get home maybe 20 times in a year. So I understand that sack numbers, it's fun to talk for sure. And it's like, okay. And again, you can't compare anybody to Aaron Donald. You can't compare like, this Chandler Jones to Chandler Jones from four or five years ago. There's so much weight held in that number that it's not really put into perspective how often the best pass rushers don't get there. And I know that there are run plays. I know that, so say take 50% of it off just to make it nice, okay? 425 opportunities. The best pass rusher gets there 20 times. One out of every 20, ballpark. So when you say that, but again, it's a rational argument. You're like, well, you know, his, his production's fallen off, so they're not going to miss him that much. Dennis Gardeck and Marcus Golden are going to be able to fill the void of the sack totals. Maybe, but the other impacts that Chandler Jones 
has had on this defense and the scheme for opposing offenses when they play the Cardinals, that's something that can't be replicated by the linebacking core and the pass rush that they have now. That's the main crux of my argument. And I hope that makes sense because this, this happens a lot with Arizona sports. Aging veteran goes play somewhere else, continues to play at an all-pro level. We saw with Calais Campbell. Now, Calais Campbell and Chandler Jones are very different players. Calais Campbell, what he did in Jacksonville was something that most people didn't expect, especially the Arizona Cardinals, because they didn't want to give him that $30 million that Jacksonville did. And we could talk about that being because they didn't want to pay him or because they didn't believe that he would have the output necessary to warrant that payment. Chandler Jones is going to be an integral part of the Raiders' defense. And I know that they paid him a lot of money, and I don't even know if the Cardinals really offered him something that he would have that he would have even considered. And their cap space was a little weird this offseason. It's going to get better in the next two years. But bringing this in for a landing, and please drop your questions. I'm going to do Q&A in the final segment. Bringing this in for a landing, the impact of Chandler Jones in an Arizona Cardinals uniform is going to be severely missed, even though his output has dropped off a little bit last year. I understand that he would have had to warn a lot of money to stay, and then the guys that are here don't make that much money. So if you can get 70% of the production for 10% of the cost, I get it. I understand the logistics behind it. And also, the intangible of Chandler Jones not being an Arizona Cardinal, regardless of output and regardless of you know of, of money or anything, that is going to be an aftershock that people aren't paying attention enough to now. And I will be talking about this in September, October, November, and December if this defense doesn't level up and if their pass rush is completely devoid of any sort of substantiality. That's, that's what you're hoping won't happen, but we've seen this too much in the texture of Arizona sports as a whole. Veteran player, thanks for your services, goes somewhere else, still a pro bowler, and the Cardinals are like, damn it, could have paid him. And that's not, this, this conversation isn't about if they should have paid him or not. This is a conversation about how people are, are underestimating severely the impact that Chandler Jones's absence will be just by being on the field in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Um, drop your questions next. Uh, I've been talking a lot of defense because I feel like the Cardinals defense is taking a huge step back and Steve Kime has not done what was necessary to fill the need or fill the void that Chandler Jones has left. And, you know, depth is going to be an issue. And sure, they've still got 11 mil left. They can still make some late moves. But what we're seeing as of right now, the defense is currently constructed, is you have a second-year corner, fourth-round pick in in a Marco Wilson, lining up alongside Byron Murphy, who's in a contract year, who we saw flashes from last year. But he hasn't taken that CB1 level up. We don't know if he is yet. Let's hope he is. We've seen flashes, the what I call the oh-my-God moments. Let's see if he can have some more potency with them in 2022. And then the linebackers in the middle of the field, Marcus Golden, who isn't getting any younger, has shown flashes. He's here to lead pass rusher right now, 
And then you have Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins interior. And then Dennis Gardeck. Dennis Gardeck's numbers in the small sample size before he got hurt were incredible. He's got maybe the best sack dance in the NFL. Um, he's got the flowy hair. Great dude. The whole thing. I get it. He's a guy you want as an accent, but not somebody that you want to rely upon or need to rely upon to see quarterback hit quarterback. That's kind of where the current state of the Cardinals defense is. And that's what has me worried. Okay. Answer your questions next. Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals. Be right back. Final segment, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, thanks for chilling. I appreciate it. I, I You know what? I, I I kind of, I like doing these lives because I like interacting with people. You know, it's just fun. Just fun. Because I thank you very much for making for taking some time and making me a part of your day. If this is your first time listening, thank you. Um, why not make Monday your second? If this is your third time listening, why not make Monday your fourth? Um, I, I try to, you know, have interesting topics to talk about every day because it's football. There's always an angle that can be discussed. There's always an article that can be critiqued, whether positively or negatively. I'm going to have my A-list of guests continue throughout the summer. Um, That's something I love to do. I love to pick national media members' brains. Um, I'm going to get a big name for Monday. Um, It's either going to be Monday or Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. One of the best insiders in the game to talk about his thoughts surrounding the Cardinals, if they're done yet, if Kyler Murray's contract is close. I'm going to talk about all of that with him or her. I'm not going to divulge any sort of information with that. Um, So I'm just going through the chat here. Like, so this is the thing, Kiro, this is the thing that the, the comment is five and a half sacks in 16 games. I love him, but come on. I know we got pressures and forced D lineman to account for him, but he never showed up when we needed him. Not much production being lost. So, you said the first part, which I agree with, and then you completely counteracted your, your your thought with the second one. Production could be being double teamed and being accounted for. That's production. It's a weird, nuanced version of it. And this is me defending my point. What you're saying is a ra- is rational. Like it's not that's. I don't disagree with it. I just think that the impact from him not being here next year is going to have larger aftershocks than people think right now. Um. Nightingale Sunset, good question. I mean, cool YouTube handle, avatar name also. I don't know what it means. Sounds like a hipster band. Nightingale Sunset, up next. Um, Which is more important to sure up, the pass rush um, or CB room? Yeah, RIP. Yeah, Jeff, it's very sad. Um, Both. I think it's pass rush uh, because a good, sustainable pass rush, as we saw in the beginning of 2021, can kind of allow a, weaker is not the right term, but less deep, less talented cornerback room, if they have to cover for a second, second and a half less on every play, it makes their job a lot easier. So I think pass rush, you go from the lines out. And I think pass rush still, there's still some players out there, but the Cardinals have passed on, like Justin Houston's still out there. He got paid 1.2, I think, from Baltimore last year. He's 33, but like he's a set and forget guy, especially on a team-friendly deal. Um, Dan, I'm assuming this is Dan Taylor. My one of my arch nemeses here. Uh, what's up, Dan? Uh, it's not disrespect for JJ. There's no disrespect for JJ Watt. What JJ Watt has brought to this organization, whether it be on the field or not, is paramount compared to what it was before. Like I tweeted out right when the Cardinals signed, right? I tweeted out right when um 
I think there was the video of Zayvon Collins rolling down the fairway when he forgot the breakfast sandwiches for him and J.J. Watt when they were playing golf. I tweeted out that J.J. Watt, before playing a game for the Arizona Cardinals, has already been a better leader than Patrick Peterson ever was. And I stand by that. I don't think that's, I don't think that's far-fetched. Like, just because you're a great player doesn't mean you're a good leader. And what Patrick Peterson showed the last three years of his tenure here mirrored that, you know, astronomically. Um, but J.J., like... I'm just saying that he's not what he once was. And that's not like his floor for not being what he once was is a lot higher than most players. It's the same for AJ Green. It's like, oh, AJ Green's, you know, he's he's lost a couple steps. Do you know how much better he is than the average wide receiver in the NFL still? It's it's a different plane. It's a different plane altogether because they're they've got like a 25-mile lead in, in a marathon, even at even at their advanced age, even at 32 or 33. Like, A.J. Green could go in and produce anywhere for another year at least. He can. And J.J. Watt, when healthy, is still, as I mentioned about Chandler Jones for 10 minutes, going to warrant consideration from whatever side of the offensive line he lines up across from. I mean, it's that's part of the reason why you sign J.J. Watt is for the name and the number on the back of the jersey, on top of, obviously, the intangibles in the locker room and everything like that. Like. Jay, he's just he's just different. He's just different. Calais Campbell was like that. They're just different. Their locker room, like great interviews. Calais Campbell, like his output as an Arizona Cardinal was insane. And you know what? I'm still like, there are a couple things that a couple contracts that Steve Kime kind of flubbed. It could have been you know uh, uh, Michael Bidwell was the Teron Matthew one first, where they gave him too much money up front, in my opinion. They gave him too much money after being injured. Like, and then they asked for some of it back pretty much by restructuring. It's like, that's not how things work. Maybe you paid him exactly what he should have been paid. He still could be an Arizona Cardinal. We have no idea. Calais Campbell, three-year 30. I think it was a rounded David johnson kind of deal. The fact that they gave David Johnson that money and not Calais Campbell, even though Calais Campbell is over the age of 30, blows my mind. And obviously revisionist history is easier for me to say that now. But... You take care of your own, man. And luckily, what we saw in Houston was they did not take care of Jay. Like, that was a terribly run organization for a handful of years with Bill O'Brien calling the shots, having the key to the castle. So all you need to know from J.J. Watt is what he said to Deshaun Watson. I'm talking football. When he apologized to him for wasting one of his seasons, I'm paraphrasing, when they went 4-12. and There's that soundbite. Like, that's all you need to know about J.J. Watt. That's all you need to know. He has a a floor that's so much higher than most players in the NFL. And the same goes for A.J. Green. It's it's in a different way. But I think A.J. Green's a Hall of Famer. Like, he's been this, like, he's got Phil Mickelson. He's got Phil Mickelson. And maybe he's, like, a better version of a Rory McIlroy where he's always been a top three or top four receiver. Where he was the only option. Until, you know, they they uh, brought in Tyler Boyd and, uh, you know, they had other options there in in uh, in Cincinnati. But for a while, it was Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. Imagine if A.J. Green was with Patrick Mahomes. Imagine if A.J. Green was with um, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Like, what he's done is masterful in his career. And what he did last year, and I know he gets a lot of crap for not turning around, I don't know if that was on Kyler Murray. I don't know if that was because they only played six and a half games together at that point. Who knows? 
But at times, you saw flashes last year of A.J. Green, especially with 50-50 balls on third and forever, where Kyler just threw it in his direction and A.J. went up and got it. He's 6'4". He still runs every route in the route tree. He's a great red zone threat. You know, I. what more do you – like, it, it's more of like a – what do you expect and what I expect, going back to the original comment about J.J. Watt is, for him to do exactly what he did last year just for a full season this year. That's it. He didn't live in the backfield like he used to, but you know what? When 99 is wearing red, everybody knows that he's on the field, and that is worth the bump up to 20 mil a year that he got. And I don't have a problem whatsoever with how much money they gave him. It's a foundation. He's a, he's a foundation strengthener. He's not a Band-Aid. And we've seen a lot with this roster, a lot of Band-Aids. And that's what happens when you trade for veterans, you sign veterans at a higher price point when, you know, you have a little bit of futility through the draft. You have to have Band-Aids, not long-term solutions, Band-Aids. And this foundation is built with cracks in it and then Band-Aids covering them. And and, and we don't know. You know, we, we, we don't know. And I equate it to this. This is one of my favorite things I say about the Arizona Cardinals, not because it's good or bad. It's just, it's so on point. The Arizona Cardinals organization is an elephant walking on a sheet of glass. And we don't know how thick that sheet of glass is ever. Ever. Could be the middle of winter and you could be good to go. First 12 weeks of last year. And then it could be as thin as a sheet of paper. And we saw what happened towards the second half of last season. And how you build the winter to be longer, using this using this analogy, is you have depth through the draft. You have depth with opportunistic free agent signings. And it doesn't seem that putting that all together has happened with enough regularity for sustained success. And that's what bothers me. That's what frustrates me. Yeah. Cool. I like, and like when I say something smart, when I think it's smart, I just don't talk anymore. Cause I feel like, all right, it's not going to get better than that. Alex Glancy locked on Cardinals. Uh, thanks for, maybe I'll just do these live every Friday. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you don't already, please, you know, tell your friends just here for some honest Cardinals talk. Alex Glancy locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you Monday.